TII Item 233, July 20th, 2012, Iowa 6, Beta 3. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Golly! Oh, yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of who I am. Today's episode is sponsored by the app Can't Say That, the fun new app that is like Taboo. Available now in iTunes, just search for Can't Say That, both free and premium versions available. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is the Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Steve for sending in the music here in the background. Steve wrote, Hi, Rob. On episode 232, you requested some iOS creative music. This song was created on my iPad 2 with GarageBand. Regards, Steve. Thanks, Steve, for the music, and folks, I'll try to remember to put the full song at the end of the episode. Also want to thank Jesse for sending in the artwork for today's show. Jesse wrote, Hi, Rob. I used the info in the Fireworks Photography app that you gave out as a promo code recently to take the photo with my DSLR on the 4th of July, then imported it into my iPad and added the words using A Plus Signature app and cropped in SnapSpeed. Regards, Jesse. Well, Jesse, thanks again for sending in this artwork. Folks, you can see Jesse's artwork in the TII app in the extras for episode 233, or if you subscribe via iTunes as the album artwork and also as a standalone post in the VIP section, and I'll try to get it up on Google Plus and Facebook as well. If you have some artwork and or music you have created on your iOS device and would like to share it with the audience, please email it to todayinios at gmail.com and make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. In this segment of How Wrong Were They, we have the following quote. Quote, the Lumion 900 and its successors will help Microsoft to reclaim the number two ranking replacing iOS in the smartphone operating system market share in 2015. Unquote. Wayne Lamb, IHS analyst, 19th of January 2012. Okay, technically it's not 2015, so he has a chance of being right. But really, Lumion 900 and Microsoft knocking off the iPhone? Um, no. This is the same Nokia Lumia that Nokia just said sold around 600,000 units in the U.S. last quarter, even after AT&T spent more on marketing it than they did for the launch of the original iPhone? Just saying. I spoke at K-Fest in Kansas City this past week, and to Carolyn Green, thanks for passing your greetings along. And hello to all those I met again at K-Fest this year. It's my sixth time speaking at the world's oldest and now only Apple II developer conference. It is without a doubt one of my favorite venues to speak at, and not just because it is 30 minutes from my house, but it reminds me of my own Atari 800 8-bit programming days. Kind of a nice wax nostalgic type feel. For promo codes on episode 232, we offered up chances to win promo codes for the app Nanomon Blaster. I'll be giving out those promo codes uh, for that sometime next week. So if you want more info on that, go back and listen to the beginning of episode 232 for the additional details. This week, we have promo codes for three apps. First up is Can't Say That, and then What Paint and My Precious. First, Can't Say That. This app is, to explain it simply, is a mix of Taboo and Wheel of Fortune. You get a word or a short phrase that you need to give clues to who you are playing, but can't use certain words, just like taboo. 
But what adds a nice twist is that you see the empty blocks for each letter and you know how many letters for each word. You also get a select group of letters to choose from. I have been playing this app for a week now and is a lot of fun. I have 16 different people I am playing with and I'm up to over levels 15. Actually, I think I'm up to level 17 now with some already. I will talk more about this app and its features later in the show. I would also like to thank Jason at Can't Say That for not just sponsoring today's episode, but for also sending over promo codes to give away. Folks, if you would like a chance for a promo code for this app, send an email to todayinios at gmail.com and put Can't Say That in the subject line. The next app we have promo codes for is the app What Paint? One word. Here is the promo code from the dev. Hello, my name is Alex Paul. I am the creator of What Paint. How many times have you wondered what paint color was used on a project? I have more times than none. As a contractor, I am constantly doing touch-up paint for clients. Most times, it's difficult to figure out what paint was used without having the paint can and label itself detailing the paint description. After pondering about a solution to keep track of paint colors, I came up with What Paint. What Paint allows you to store details of the paint used on a project. All stored paint details in the What Paint app can be shared via email, SMS, and Twitter. Some features of What Paint stores paint color, paint brand, paint code, paint finish. Notes, picture of paint project. What Paint is now available on the App Store for $1.99. Thanks, Alex, for the review of your app, What Paint, and for sending in promo codes to give away. Folks, if you would like a chance for a promo code for this app, send an email to todayinios at gmail.com and put what paint in the subject line. The third app we have promo codes for is the app My Precious. Two words. Here is the promo code from the dev. Hello, Rob. Thank you for the opportunity to promote our app. I'm the developer for the My Precious app. My Precious is a tool that allows you to easily manage your physical precious metals portfolio. You can easily keep track of the changes in value of your junk change, such as dimes, quarters, and 50-cent pieces, as well as your bars and bullion, in both gold and silver, and now platinum and palladium. The My Precious app has live updates for the current prices of the precious metals, as well as a password feature that protects your data so no data will leave your iOS device for security reasons. My Precious allows you to make several entries into your portfolio, as well as change the currency if need be. Overall, this app is very user-friendly and makes portfolio management simple. The My Precious app is available on the iTunes App Store for download. And for more information about this app, go to MyPreciousApps.com. Thank you for your time, and I hope you enjoy this app. Love the podcast, Rob. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Lee, for the review of your app, My Precious, and for sending in the promo codes to give away. Folks, if you'd like a chance for a promo code for this app, send an email to todayinios at gmail.com and put My Precious in the subject line. As always, just send in one email for one specific app. If you send in multiple emails or ask for multiple apps in a single email, then, well, no soup for you. As always, if you are an app developer, email me if you want your app featured in the promo giveaway segment. There is never a charge for you, the dev. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com. Please also include a 60-second or less audio review of your app indicating you are the dev. Into the news we go. Verizon CFO Fran Chamo hinted at a major smartphone launch in Q4 of this year, i.e. the iPhone 2012. That was the highlight most posts on this subject started off with from the conference call, but 
Really, that is not the news. Just a confirmation of what was expected by almost all anyway. What was news is this past quarter Verizon sold 2.7 million iPhones versus 2.9 million Android smartphones combined. So yes, once again, the iPhone was the best-selling smartphone, individual smartphone on Verizon, that the iPhone and all Android phones combined were so close in sales is amazing when you consider Verizon sales staff has been pushing new customers to the 4G LTE Android phones the entire quarter. According to CNET, overall Verizon sold 5.9 million smartphones so that you don't need to go and get to your calculator app. That means RIM sold just 300k smartphones at Verizon last quarter. Yikes. Ouch. Oh my, and simply wow, but not in a good way wow. I should note that looking at the transcript at Seeking Alpha for the conference call, I could not confirm that 5.9 million number. It wasn't mentioned anywhere in the transcript. To put the 2.7 million iPhones into perspective, however, Verizon sold 2.3 million in the year-ago quarter, but sold 3.2 million in Q1 of 2012, so down from Q1 of 2012, but up from Q2 of 2011. Since the last episode, Apple has released iOS 6 Beta 3. I think the biggest news of iOS 6 Beta 3 is that it does something Apple said iOS 6 would not do, and that is allow VIP lists for the iPhone 3GS and also allow shared photo streams for the iPhone 3GS. As I ranted before on the show, those were a couple of features I felt that there was no technical reason for Apple to exclude from the 3GS. It was purely a marketing decision. And well, Apple, thanks for making me look good on that. But more importantly, I hope this change in the beta is permanent and that these features and also Safari's offline reading list are there for the 3GS owners when iOS 6 goes goldmaster. Right now, the offline reading list is still not supported with iOS 6 beta. Some of the other new things in the iOS 6 beta 3 are a new section in the settings app for the new map app. You can switch between miles and kilometers. You can toggle between English always or using the local language for map labels. And you can change the size of said labels. The maps in iOS 6 also appear much more detailed. In Safari, there are now icons for bookmarks, reading lists, and history instead of worded labels. Overall, these beta updates are more about making it more stable and less about the new features. That said, if you found anything in iOS 6 Beta 3, well, you would not be able to tell me as you would break the NDA. So I cannot ask you to call 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG and give me an update on any new features. And I can't ask you to email in any new features to todayinios at gmail.com. Nope, can't ask you to do that. This next story comes out of the iOS 6 beta 3 update. Seems one other quote feature, unquote, of the beta 3 version is that it looks like AT&T might be getting ready to charge for FaceTime over cellular. Like they try to do, or like they do now, I should say, for tethering. This is all based on error messages some running iOS 6 beta 3 got when trying to use FaceTime over cellular. Now, only those on AT&T are getting this error message. Those on Verizon and Sprint when trying to do a FaceTime call over cellular are not getting their message. This is where we miss Steve Jobs. If he was still with us and rumors started to abound that about AT&T trying to essentially castrate FaceTime over 3G uh, with additional BS charges, 
Steve would pick up the phone after his PA dialed it for him and then rip someone on AT&T's side a new one. Or at least that is what I think would happen. I imagine Tim Cook is a little more cordial than that. Still, I hope Tim had that call made and I hope AT&T backs down from any plans to charge additionally for FaceTime over 3G. When AT&T CEO Randall Stevens was Stevenson was asked about this, he said he had heard of the rumor and said that it was too early to talk about pricing. So it seems AT&T may still be thinking about what it wants to do pricing-wise. Yep, sure would be nice right now to have Steve around to kick some butt and take names. Really hope AT&T comes to their senses on this one and decides not to screw over their customers, or I should say screw over their iPhone customers. After all, there is still Skype and Google Plus Hangouts that already work over cellular in the same way as FaceTime, basically. I just want to add this. Hey, AT&T, data is data. doesn't matter if you're tethering or whatever it is. You got a three gig limit. It's a three gig limit. You shouldn't be charging more for tethering. You shouldn't be charging more for FaceTime. This is why I encourage people to go out and jailbreak and get the PDA Net app. And AT&T, this is why people keep doing that. Hey, Rob, Gary Leland here. First time I've called in, I think. I've heard your people talking about Square, giving their reviews. The thing I don't hear anyone talking about that really has me puzzled on this, if you do a lot of business on a credit card, a credit card business, Square charges you, I believe I heard one of the people reviewing, it says 2.7%. Now, if you had a sale for $1,000, what's that, like $27.50? But if it's a debit card, you know, when I take a debit card, it costs me 50 cents. But you cannot take a debit card, or you can take a debit card, Square, but when you take a debit card, Square automatically considers it a credit card. So instead of taking it as a debit card and paying 50 cents for the debit card, I would have to pay $27.50 at 2.7%. And it's the only reason I would pay that is because Square does not recognize it as a debit card. It recognizes it as a credit card. So I heard one of your people saying if you're doing over under 1500 a month, that it's great for you and there's no fees. But really, nowadays, most people are using debit cards. I find that 85% of my customers use debit cards, not credit cards. So you are paying with with the debit cards what they're charging you 2.7% on the debit card. Hey, Talk to you later, Rob. Have a good one. Just my thoughts. Gary, thanks for the feedback. Into the email bag. Hi, Rob. In regards to the user asking about the Craigslist app I use, it's Craig's Pro Plus, one word, and a plus symbol at the end. They have a free and a paid version, and I believe it is worth getting the paid version. I hope that helps. Hector in Auburn, New York. Well, Hector, thank you for the feedback. And again, that's Craig's Pro, one word, and then the plus symbol at the end. Back to the email bag. Hey Rob, stop Danielle from going to the Windows tablet thingy. PDF pen by Smile should be able to help her. Regards, Kevin King, Munchen, New Jersey. Kevin, thanks for the feedback, and let's just make believe I said the name of your town right. Back to the email bag. Hi Rob, voice directions work in Canada with the Beta 3, though my dad says they have the street he works on, a one-way street, going in the wrong direction. Do you know who I should report this to before there's an accident? Regards, Johnny Appleseed. Um, yikes. Hopefully Apple is on that, but in case they are not, 
there is a way to actually report a problem. When you have the map app open, you can flip up the map from the bottom right corner. You will see right above print in very small text. So there's the word print in quotes, I should say. Uh, right above the print button in very small text, a report a problem option. Tap there and then let them know of the street and the issue. Hi, Rob. This is Mike in Sacramento. Just wanted to comment about Android versus the iPhone. I've had both, and uh, definitely it's much easier to do everything on the iPhone. I'm waiting for the next iPhone to come out right now because of work. I'm using a BlackBerry, which is really a horrible phone. Uh, I can't think of any feature that works um, even half as good on the uh, BlackBerry. So you can see why Android and iOS are um, really not going to stop off the BlackBerry. Love the show. Take care. Thanks to John M. for the heads up on the app iExplorer. This is for your Mac or PC and lets you use your iOS device as a flash drive. It is a 100% freeware app and it works with your iOS device even if it's not jailbroken. So no need to jailbreak to use this free app. This is per the caller emailer a couple of shows back that had asked for an app like this for Windows. But in this case, there is also a Mac version. Again, it is free. Interestingly, tonight they had a message on their site saying it was not available to download, but if you then go to the download page, it was there. Looks like an update is coming in about three days as there's a countdown timer on the iExplorer page. But again, click on downloads at the top and find iExplorer and click download and that worked for me. They also had a banner on their site saying they are making their iOS app awesome files available, that's two words, awesome files, available for free one day only, July 20th. So hopefully you are listening today on July 20th, and if you are, this is normally a $4.99 app that allows you to manage your documents and multimedia files on your iOS device. Again, it is free just on July 20th, so jump on this one now. Thanks again, John M., for the heads up on this. I, as you know, avoid most of the legal fight stories, but there is one story that comes from the fight between Apple and Samsung that is definitely worthy of mentioning. It seems in the legal documents for one of the legal fights between these two, some photos of early designs of an Apple tablet have come out. This is a device that became the precursor for the iPhone and then the iPad. Initially, it looked a lot like a white MacBook, but just as a tablet with just a touchscreen. And these pics go back to 2002. So if you are interested in seeing what uh, the great-great-grandfather of the iPad looked like, go to the article titled Earliest Known Photos of an iPad in the show notes for episode 233 over todayinios.com. Each year there are cases for the iPhone that are released prior to the next iPhone that supposedly show what the new iPhone would be shaped like. And well, 2012 is no different with a few cases already popping up for the iPhone 2012, or as they wrongly call it, the iPhone 5. Interestingly, the photos of supposed iPhone 2012s on Alibaba show the standard config for the bottom of the unit, i.e. a 30-pin dock connector. Of course, it just might be old photos from the current iPhone 4S. When prepping for my speech this past week over at KFest, I reviewed my speech from last year at this time, and last year 
I guaranteed them the photos of the then-supposed fifth-gen iPhone being shown exclusively on This Is My Next, which became The Verge, were BS, and that it is not what the fifth-gen iPhone would look like. I promised them that and said the fifth-gen iPhone would look exactly like the iPhone 4, and of course I was right. This year, I am not so sure what the iPhone 2012 will look like. I'm leaning towards the photo from 9to5Mac that showed a slightly longer iPhone with a metal back that has a 4-inch screen. But again, I am just not sure what it'll be other than being afraid it may have the new smaller dock connector. About the only thing I am 99.9999% sure of is the name will not be iPhone 5. And any site that calls it the iPhone 5, well, they lose lots of cred in my book. I want to take a moment now to thank today's sponsor. Once again, that is the app. Can't say that. This game, most simply described, is the game of Taboo on steroids. And you add in the Wheel of Fortune feel with the spaces for the letters. And how it works is you can either choose to log in via Facebook or not. They are adding an email login shortly. And then if you log in via Facebook, you can play with your friends. Or if you bypass that, you can play with strangers. I chose the strangers route. Let me say up front. I love this game. My wife loves this game. We both have been playing this for the past week. We have 16 people we have been playing with. And how it works is you get a word that you need to describe for the other person. But like with Taboo, you can't use or say certain words. You have a limited number of spaces to describe the word, 24 spaces to be precise. Then they get in their inbox in the app that they have a word to figure out. They then see the empty boxes, which can vary in size depending on the word or words, but below the boxes there are 12 letters to choose from. And here is something I really love. When you get a reply back from the person that's gotten the clue right, and they're sending you another one to work on, you get to see how their picks went for your clue. So if they struggled, you will see each letter they picked, and then removed, and then repicked, and if they used clues, you'll see that. And this lets you know if your clues and your, your choice of words were good or if they were clueless or a little bit of both. When you solve a puzzle, both you and the person that sent it get coins and vice versa. So it is in your best interest and theirs to make sure the clues are the best possible. I think that escaped a few of the users I played against. A couple I'm stuck on are the clues they sent me were you can't say H. That was it. And then the other one was even simpler than that. And they just said the word many, which made no sense given the number of letters and uh, words, the possibilities there were. That said, most do a really good job on the clues. I'm up to level 17 now with one person. I've actually been playing a little bit while I was doing the show notes and recording. Okay, I need to finish this before the five-hour energy drink wears off. There is both a free and a paid version available in iTunes App Store. The paid version is sans the ads that are in the free version, and with the paid version, you also get 500 coins to start. Coins can be used to get special word packs or to purchase clues, or just as hints or, or category or letter placement. I have to say, I really love this app, and my wife loves it, and when we both love an app, it tends to take off. So if you are looking for something that exercises your mind more than throwing little birds at little pigs, check out can't say that in the app store and thanks again for them to sponsoring today's show again check out the app can't say that thanks guys my name is alan i'm a pediatric dentist in mexico city 
and uh, I would like to share a, an iOS story with you guys. Uh, basically, I just want to talk about um, uh, a patient of mine that came to the office and, and told me she had a chipped tooth. And, uh, and uh, when I asked her what happened, she said that she was uh, reading something and, uh, or using her iPad and uh, basically it fell on her, on her face and, and chipped her tooth. So I, I fixed it and... And uh, given that I, I do live for my profession, I, I you know I, uh, I, I did get paid for 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 fixing her tooth. So uh, uh, so well, that's a, I guess that's another another use of the iPad, which is not really a use, but I, but I guess it's something that hasn't been featured in your show. So I just wanted to share it with you guys. Um, I, I love your show. I follow it every single every single week, and and keep up the good work. Thanks. Bye bye. Hi, Alan. Thanks for that feedback. And yes, you're the first one to call in about fixing a chipped tooth from an iPad. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. Just heard your latest episode stating that there is an NBC Olympics app that'll stream live video of the Olympics. Looking at the information, the streams are only available in the U.S. And it appears that you also need a TV, a cable, or satellite service to be able to use it. There is another app by the good old BBC here in the UK that also streams all live Olympic events and it is free and it doesn't appear to require any other services. The app also does not state that it is UK only, so I'd assume it is will be available to use in the US as well. Check it out. Regards, Gary. Gary, thanks for the feedback. And again, that app is simply called BBC Olympics. As always, any apps we mention on the show, you can find in the show notes over today at iOS.com. And it is for episode 233 that you should be looking. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. I'm a consultant with Acme Crowbars, not the real company name. And I would like to provide a general reason why Android might be more for calls than the iPhone. Acme provides us with corporate phones. For three or four years, I have had my personal iPhone for everything and an Acme-issued phone for calls. Some of the Acme-issued phones were Android, but not iPhone. So I, like a lot of my colleagues, have an Acme-issued Android phone we use for work calls and personal iPhones we use for everything else. More and more, I see many people carrying two phone devices and using them the same way I do. I download three or four apps when I got my Android phone, but that is it. My iPhone is holding 150-plus apps. Regards, EP in NJ. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. My name is Luis from... McAllen, Texas. I am still trying to find a good stylus for the iPad. How come they only make soft, rounded tip styluses? They seem to not slide freely on the surface of the iPad. Do you know of a stylus that has a sharper tip in order to have more precision on what you write or draw? Regards, Luis. And I send that question out to the artists in the audience. What is your favorite stylus today for drawing on the iOS devices? It has been a couple of years since we did this subject, so it'll be interesting to see what styluses people are using today. My mom still uses the Pogo stylus. That is the type you don't like. So again, folks, let us know what styluses you are using. 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Hi, Rob. This is Scott in Maryland, and I wanted to phone in about the TouchFire pro product and... I was one of the backers on Kickstarter and received my Touch Fire. Actually, I ordered two of them, and I got them last week. I gave one to my wife and kept one for myself. 
The touch fire is a really neat idea. It's a very, I think, cost-effective solution for typing on a, an iPad screen. Probably the key advantage of using the touch fire if you're not wanting to use a regular Bluetooth keyboard is the fact that it adds a slight, slightly more tactile experience to typing on the, on the um, iPad. For me, typing on the iPad screen is not really a problem. Uh, your fingers do, can, can slip a little on the glass, but with the touch fire, you don't have that problem at all. Very nice surface to type on. It's it's kind of almost like a rubbery material. It does give you that slight kind of resistance like a keyboard would. Probably one of the things that attracted me to this more than anything else is the fact that um, I'm visually impaired, so I use voiceover. And one of the things that I wanted to be able to do was to increase my typing speed and VoiceOver does have a touch type mode where you could touch the letter release and it would then activate that letter, if you will, for a lack of a better description. The only problem, and I got a chance to actually test one of the prototypes, uh, TouchFire prototypes, the only problem is that there's always a slight delay between the time you touch the letter and release for it to actually activate. So really the best experience for somebody who is using VoiceOver who would like to use a TouchFire is to just turn VoiceOver off and that way you can type it pretty much whatever speed you want. Using the touch fire really does help increase your accuracy with respect to where your finger placement is in relation to the letters on the, on the um, onboard, um, on-screen keyboard. So it's a, it's a great product, very well designed, very well made. So far I've not had any issues with it, and I am using it actually with a smart cover, so it um, stores very nicely on the smart cover. comes with a nice little plastic case you can store it in when you're not using it. So overall, it's a it's a worthwhile product, you know, product, and uh, hopefully, if people order it, uh, or those who have already ordered it and received it, will agree. Thanks. Thanks, Scott, for the feedback on the TouchFire keyboard that you got through Kickstarter. As always, if there's any Kickstarter projects that you have funded and have gotten the products in, please call in with a review of said product. Let us know how it worked out for you. Thanks to Mark H for this next one and it is a Kickstarter project for photogs in the audience. It is called iClick, one word spelled E-Y-E-C-L-I-C-K. It is a way of doing a remote click of the camera for the iPhone, and it also has a periscope for connecting it to the case it comes with, which allows the back camera to be bent around or the lenses to get the image from the front screen side. So you can use the back camera when looking at the screen and get a better resolution photo. So for just the case, it costs $30, I think. And with the HD lens, it, which is the periscope lens, it costs $35. And if you want the remote clicker, the HD lens, and the case, it costs you $65. And you also get a stand. They also are stating they will have another one that will be compatible with the 6th gen iPhone the iPhone 2012, or as they wrongly call it, the iPhone 5. Okay, Rob, get over it already. Anyway, if you are looking for a way to take remote pics with your iPhone and to get the back camera to take pics on the screen side of the camera, then this is for you, if you can figure out the pricing. This is another one of those projects with way too many pricing options. 22 pricing options, to be specific. Yikes! At this point, their goal is 20K, and they have not reached that, probably because no one can figure out which option to choose. They are at just 9K with nine days to go. 
This one closes on July 29th at 1.39 a.m. Eastern Time. If you like this one, then start spreading the news. Again, this project is called the iClick. That's one word, E-Y-E-C-L-I-C-K. And you can search for it over at Kickstarter or in the show notes for episode 233. Staying with the Kickstarter theme, thanks to Tony for the heads up on this next one. It is one I actually pledged once I saw the video. What is this amazing device that it was able to pry $40 from my tight fists? It is the Pair with Pair. That is P-A-I-R with P-E-A-R. It is a Bluetooth dongle that plugs into the 30-pin dock connector, but not at the iOS side, rather at the accessory side. This lets you pair your iOS device via Bluetooth to say your old Bose dock that is sitting in the den, not being used, and your wife is wondering why it's still there and collecting dust. Just saying. This one had a goal of 40K. I say had as in past tense as they raced past that goal and are at the 100K level now and have 52 days left to go. This one closes, sadly, not until September 10th with an estimated delivery of November. So let's say in the future, Apple does go away from the 30-pin dock connector in the next iPhone. You will then be able to plug this device into your speaker with the 30-pin dock connector and still get music to play in it. Anyway, more on this one in the future. For now, go to Kickstarter and search for Pair with Pair, and that's P-A-I-R with P-E-A-R, or just go to the link in the show notes for episode 233. And again, I don't fund many of these because there's so many I report on. This one I did fund. I don't think I've mentioned this before, but for those of you that live on Facebook, I now have a Today and iOS fan page. Go to facebook.com slash Today and iOS. And one thing you would see there is a picture I uploaded yesterday, which shows the iPad and the iPad mini. It shows the difference in sizes with a hand on each device. This photo was created for the speech I did uh, this past week at K-Fest as a little bit of a spoof. My son basically has the same looking hands as me, so I had him put his hand on the original iPad, and then I put my hand on the new iPad, and then shrunk my photo to match the size of his hand, so it made our hands the same size, and that made the iPads look like they were different sizes. That is the type of photo that you typically see winding up on BGR. Obviously, I meant this as a spoof. Anyway, there is a lot of chatter recently about the iPad mini and that Apple will launch it soon, almost to the point of it now being a foregone conclusion that it'll be launched in the next couple of months. I say not so fast. Now, do I think Apple is working on a 7-inch tablet? Absolutely, and a 6 and probably a bunch of other sizes. But the latest rash of rumors comes from articles at the New York Times and Bloomberg and others in mainstream press and where it is not coming from is important. And it, it's usually the ones that get it right and get it first, and that is all things D or the loop or daring fireball. None of them are saying this or saying that they have sources that are saying this. I just think at this point we are looking at 2013 before said iPad mini or iPod touch maxi or whatever the thing is going to be called is really launched or announced. I was recently quoted in an article over on Forbes titled a seven inch iPad question mark. Not so fast. If you want to hear more on my thoughts or read more on my thoughts and those of Erica Murphy, look for the link in the show notes titled a seven inch iPad question mark. Not so fast. 
Speaking of my Facebook page, a big shout out and thanks to Keith Paul Jr. Kelly for helping bring in the like love on the page. If you are on Facebook, again, go to facebook.com slash todayinios and like the page. A key reason for all the chatter about the 7-inch iPad is that Google just launched their 7-inch Sell It For A Lost Nexus 7 tablet. And from reviews, this is the first Android tablet that feels good and works good. And is priced less than $299. Actually, it is priced at $199 for the 8-gig version and $249 for the 16-gig version. Which means an iPad mini with 16-gig would be in the $299 range. It is yet to be seen if this 7-inch tablet from Google will catch on and sell in any real quantities. But from reviews so far, including one from MG Sigler, their reviews have been mostly positive. And up until now, 7-inch tablet reviews have been, well, you get what you pay for type reviews. Now the question is if Apple will move on the 7-inch marketplace because of this. And I would expect them to wait until after the holidays to make that move unless the Nexus 7 starts to really just take off and eating into the iPad sales. But so far, no other tablet has ever done that. Received the following email. Hi, Rob. What's your take on this? Question mark. Regards, John. And this, that John does speak, was a link to an article over at Popular Mechanics called Can You Use the Same Power Adapter for the iPhone and the iPad? Question mark. The article starts out stating the official answer from Apple is yes. However, the article then asks and tries to answer, should you? They kind of make it sound like if you charge your iPhone with your iPad charger, you might overstress the iPhone battery and over time degrade the performance, maybe kind of, sort of, in theory, without knowing how the iPhone fully is designed, type answer. And they end their advice saying, get the two-year warranty and charge it how you like, and if the battery starts to falter, get it replaced. So my thoughts on this? I already use my iPad charger to charge my iPhones and vice versa. I don't worry about it, never have. And the battery life on my five-year-old iPhone is still pretty darn good. One thing I think Apple knows better than anyone else is batteries. If you want to read the whole article, look for Can I Use the Same Power Adapter for the iPhone and iPad? Question mark in the show notes for episode 233. Aloha, Rob. It's Siobhan again from Kauai, and we're back at your son's birthday party. I did a review of Luma Camera app, which allows you to record both wide-angle and um, and close-up uh, views of the same shot and edit them together later, which is an awesome capability. Again, that was Luma Camera. But what about the problem you have of settling the kids down and getting things to start? I mean, it's one thing to turn the camera on and just let it roll with all the kind of boring preparatory stuff, waiting for somebody to start singing happy birthday. It's totally another if you're able to start it right on cue. But by the time you got the camera ready and somebody starts and you hit the button, you've missed the first second or two of the whole event. Bummer. Well, this is where a pre-quarter comes in or a pre-recorder. A pre-quarter is a recorder, and actually the one I'm talking about today is called pre-quarter free. There's a free version and two uh, paid versions, but the free version's fine because it pre-records, or pre-records, three seconds of video. Now what that means is you frame your shot, you get the camera ready, and you wait. And when somebody starts singing happy birthday, or they're blowing up a balloon and the balloon pops, whatever the sudden event is, boom, you hit the record button. 
it starts recording three seconds before you hit the button. So you don't miss a thing and you don't have a whole lot of recorded footage that you don't need. It's awesome. Give it a try. Pre-quarter, free version. There's a few others. I'll review those later, but this is a good one to introduce you to the concept. Aloha from Kauai. Siobhan, thanks for the review, and my mind, I think, is blown. Into the email bag. Hi, Rob. This should be obvious to me, but can you sync a jailbroken iPhone to iTunes and back up as normal? Thanks, Steve from Arizona. Hi, Steve. I get this question quite a bit. Yes, you can still sync a jailbroken iOS device to your computer just like you did before. Jailbreaking adds features. It does not take them away. Hi Rob, I have an original iPhone 8GB. I accidentally upgraded recently to 3.3 from iTunes. My iTunes screen showing SIM card is not supported on the iPhone. I used to have it unlocked. Now it seems like I'm stuck with this problem that I cannot unlock my iPhone and jailbreak my original iPhone. I tried to search on the web of any way to unlock my phone, but unfortunately I cannot find a website still unlocking the original iPhone. Can you give me advice or links on the web on how to unlock and jailbreak my original iPhone? Regards, Albert H. Hi, Albert. I checked the links and I had for the original iPhone for jailbreaking and unlocking, and it seems they are no longer working. So I will send this one out to anyone in the audience. If anyone out there knows of a way that still works to jailbreak and unlock your original iPhone, please let us know, 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOON-DOG, or email us at todayinios at gmail.com. Back to the email back. Hi, Rob. I was updating my iPhone and downloading files from Dropbox, and the phone hung up and dropped off Wi-Fi, and I didn't realize it. I got an email the next day saying I have been tethering from AT&T, and it states that when they were going to upgrade me on the next billing cycle and take away my unlimited. I explained to them that I was downloading files from my Dropbox after an upgrade. The lady insisted that I was using tethering and suggested I should update my phone even after I had already told her I did so. So anyway, my point is this. It is proof that they don't detect any tethering. They just look for a surge in network traffic. I am in unlimited but average around 3 gig per month. So I went from around 1 gig to over 3 gig overnight. Now I will be slowed down for the next three weeks when it usually happens with a couple of days left only in the month. Regards, Jose M. from Virginia Beach, Virginia. Please say happy birthday to my girlfriend on the air, Sophia. We love the show. Take care. Hi, Sophia. Happy birthday. Also, happy birthday to my brother, which his birthday is on the 22nd of this month. Hi, neighbor, and I say that because my name's Bill Jordan, and I live in Oak Grove, Missouri, about 30 miles from you. Interesting question for you. Uh, my significant other just uh, unlocked an old AT&T iPhone 4. Unlock went very successfully. She put a straight talk card in it, got the uh, $45 a month plan on straight talk. Everything went fine. She could make and receive calls. She cannot get cellular data in the instructions, the uh, straight talk book says to enter an APN to uh, get things going. In the iPhone, there's a VPN, but the edit fields don't match up. There's too many uh, edit fields in the straight talk stuff to put in the iPhones. I wonder if anybody has heard of that and could uh, give me some words of wisdom on how to get her cellular data going on straight talk. Rob, thank you very much. I'll tell you what, I started with 
podcast one, but I started about two years ago after the phones were what they almost are today, and it was just like reading a good book from Audible. I couldn't believe it, the way you did it and kept track of everything all through these five years. Much appreciated. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Hi, Bill. Thanks for the kind words on the back episodes. I love hearing when people say they went back and listened to all the old episodes. Per the APN, if you simply Google editing APN settings using iPhone configuration, you'll find out how to edit your APN. Now, I don't know if you just need to get the APN number or if you're looking at editing your APN settings. That said, I'm going to throw this one out there. If anyone else has used straight talk and uh, unlocked, took an unlocked iPhone 4 over to straight talk, by the way, straight talk is... Uh, Walmart's kind of uh, MVNO, uh, which runs on top of the AT&T network. So you're on the AT&T network, um, but you get much lower plans. And that $45 plan is a pretty good plan, uh, especially compared to what you get for what you get on, on with AT&T. So again, if you haven't unlocked AT&T iPhone and you're on the straight hook network and you're able to get your APN to work, please let us know. Matter of fact, if you would like to learn more about Straight Talk, look for the links for Straight Talk in the show notes for episode 233. There's a couple of them in there. One uh, talks a little bit about using it, and then the other one gives you the service plans. More of those legal stories I don't like, but seem to report on it from time to time. This one has a strange twist. A UK judge has ordered Apple to put a notice on its site stating that Samsung did not copy any aspect of the iPad when it designed the Galaxy Tab 10.1 device. This is the same judge that said consumers should have no trouble telling the difference because the Samsung tablet was, quote, not as cool, unquote, as the iPad. Ouch! But now Apple has to mention on its site and in ads in the UK that Samsung did not copy the iPad. If I was Apple, I would make lemonade out of this and put in the quote from the judge, and have that ad say something like, we at Apple acknowledge that Samsung did not copy the iPad. The Galaxy in no way is anywhere near as cool, according to the UK judicial system. And, well, using the iPad tab will get you shunned by your peers, cause acne, and may even cause bedwetting. We're not sure. As we are cool, and since we only use the iPad, and, well, so are you, since no one really buys the Galaxy tab anyway or some wording similar to that. Oh yes, and if you are trying to keep track at home, this is the same product that was recently banned from sale in the US by one of our judges, Lucy Coe, and this is the one that Samsung's lawyers in Australia could not even tell which was their product when the judge held up both the Galaxy Tab and the iPad next to each other, even though the lawyer was a scant 10 feet away. But still, legally speaking, in the UK, the tab is not as cool as the iPad. Just saying. Thanks to John and Oscar for the heads up on this next one, which is a post over at GigaOM that tries to help break down the new complex pricing plans for shared data plans for both AT&T and Verizon. Essentially, as we mentioned before, if you are with Verizon and you have unlimited data now, you can keep that plan when you upgrade to the iPhone 2012, if and only if you are willing to pay full price for the new phone. Yikes! AT&T does not do that draconian measure, yet if you are a potential new iPhone customer and looking for a carrier in the U.S., you can read the post 
And then at the end, remember this, Sprint. They are the only one of the big three now making it easy to understand plans and pricing, as they offer unlimited everything still plans, which is why I've been long on Sprint stock since the beginning of the year. If you confuse consumers, they'll go elsewhere. Remember, when the iPhone first launched, one of the nice features about it was a very simple pricing plan from AT&T that Apple helped dictate that really made things nice for the consumer. Now AT&T and Verizon are trying to make it business as usual once again. Just saying. Anyway, look for the link titled Explaining AT&T and Verizon's Complex Shared Data Plans in the show notes for episode 233 over at todayinios.com. Oscar actually asked the following in his email. Hi Rob, I'm getting married next month and my future wife and I are going to combine our phone bills into one. My question is, would it be worth it to get either the AT&T or Verizon's mobile share plan, which is supposed to include tethering and give up my unlimited data plan? On average, I don't use a whole lot of data. I just like the fact that I have no limit on my data plan. Any thoughts on this would be greatly helpful. Thanks a lot for all that you do. Regards, Oscar. Hi, Oscar. Combining everything when you get married is usually advice, or usually good advice, except this time, I am not sure. I have some AT&T people in the audience that listen, and I want to know their thoughts. So if you're with AT&T, let me know what you think Oscar should do. Same from the Verizon folks, although I'm going to guess you would say drop AT&T plan and go with Verizon. My only advice, Oscar, at this point is to wait until October before you do anything, You definitely want to wait just a couple more months, and there should be a new iPhone coming out. So yeah, hold off. But when October comes around, folks at AT AT&T and Verizon, what's your recommendation for Oscar? Hi, Rob. I don't know about you or anybody else, but I have one major issue with AT&T and Verizon's shared data plans. I have the same issue with any of Sprint's current smartphone plans as well. They save lots of money for people who use their phones for talking and or texting a lot. But for people like me that barely use my phone as a phone, they are a lot more expensive, or they are a lot more expensive. My wife and I roll over more than 400 minutes of our 500-minute plan, and we rarely send text messages except to each other, which is free between phones, iPhones. No matter which new shared plan I select from AT&T or Verizon, it would cost us at least $30 more per month. The same is true if I wanted to switch to Sprint. I think the carriers are figuring out that there are many options that don't require texting, voice, or data to use an iPhone, so they are throwing in the voice plans and basically charging for data only now. At least AT&T has a large data plans now. Regards, Myron. Well, Myron, again, if the pricing on Sprint isn't to your liking, You can always look at Virgin Mobile uh, or Cricket Wireless. Or if you get an unlocked iPhone, you can always go to Straight Talk and get a $45 a month plan. Hi, Rob. This is Eric Martin from Home Recording Studio Design. And this is my review of the Apogee Mic. This is a device which hooks up into your iOS device, your uh, iPhone or iPad, um, and can't even work on an iPod Touch. Uh, the mic sounds pretty darn good, and I'm recording it using the uh, mic on my uh, iPhone 4S. And um, 
It's got a volume knob on the side, um, which is really easy to work with. And I love the sound of it. And uh, just to give you some depth perception, what this sounds like, uh, same room and everything, uh, recording into just my iPhone. This is what the iPhone sounds like. So you can hear uh, the difference in recording quality is pretty significant. Um, nothing's changed. This is just my voice through the iPhone. And here it is using the Apogee mic. Pretty incredible sound difference, if you ask me. I have worked with Apogee gear for a really, really long time. I've used their professional recording equipment um, for doing a lot of records, and um, they've taken that same quality and made it very affordable and uh, put it into this nice little device that's about the size of an iPhone. And um, it works great. Also, um, it comes with all the cables that you need. It will also plug into your Mac. Um, it even comes with a stand. So um, I think it's great for a podcaster or anybody who just wants to have good recording quality. Um, and it works in GarageBand, Twisted Wave, uh, you name it. So um, I think your listeners would really dig it. Um, go to the Apple Store or wherever you like to shop and pick one up. It's $199. Thanks a lot. This is Eric J. Martin with HomeRecordingStudioDesign.com. Eric, thanks for the feedback. Into the email bag we go. Hi Rob, today's mission, find someone who actually owns one of those 600k Nokia Symbian phones in North America. They must be a resident, not a tourist. Talk about a scavenger hunt. Have a great day, John. Thanks John for the humorous thought there. Next up, hi Rob, recently I hit a deer and so I had to get a loaner car, which happens to be a Ford Fiesta with Microsoft Sync, and I plugged in the iPhone and all works great. However, I also have a Windows phone, so I said to myself, let's see how the sync works with the Windows phone. To my surprise, sync will not even recognize the Windows 7 phone. Isn't that something? A Microsoft OS not working with Microsoft's Windows Phone 7. Yet it worked great with the iPhone. Regards, Hector from Auburn, New York. Guess the best response here is, oh! Thanks for the feedback, Hector. There's this app out there that's spelled O N A. Be extend. Now that's something that's supposed to, I don't know, slow down your 4G to make it a 3G. Um, I started the process, and I noticed you get the you, you, you're gonna download something onto your settings into the phone. I've never seen that before. I mean, I'm only calling because I want to know is that safe? Can that be taken out of the phone if you don't want it? Or is there any bugs? with that or is there any is that hackable? I was wondering if you could just address that maybe on the show or let me know. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. Bye. Hi, thanks for the feedback. And the app you're talking about is Onavo Extend O N A V O Extend. And the question is, is it safe for the file that it sends for you to download and supposedly yes, that is safe. Uh, is it recommended that you use this app? I don't recommend it. There are other issues that other people have had with this and have called in about problems with this app. Uh, not that it's a security risk, just that there's some issues when you're using this with voicemail and other things. So again, if you want to use it, it's safe. Do I recommend you using it? No. One last story here, and that is of the China launch of the iPad today. Early reports are so far void of throwing of eggs or any other items for that matter and it seems rather organized and sans drama. The question to be seen is this due to the lack of interest or more because 
of the online ordering program or system that Apple implemented this time around. Or the third choice is because those that really wanted the iPad got it on the gray market already. In any case, this seems to be so far the first Chinese launch that did not involve pushing, shoving, throwing, breaking, or some combination thereof. As always, if you are at this rollout or launch of the iPad today in China, please email or call in with your experience, 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOON-DOG, or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Matter of fact, you can call in or send emails in if you have any feedback with regards to questions, comments, tricks, tips, app reviews, anything else you want to share with us or questions or answers to other people's questions, or if you just want to say hi. Thanks again goes out to today's sponsor, and that is the app, Can't Say That, available now in the iTunes App Store for free, with ads, or for $2.99, Sansy ads, and with 500 free coins. Thanks, guys, for sponsoring today's show. Next episode should be up sometime around the 27th of next week. I'm not going to do an episode on Tuesday after Apple does their quarterly conference call, but I will put a blog post up either right during or right after the quarterly conference call. I'll send a push out when I do so. And that's going to do it for us today. Until the next time, I'm your host, Rob, from Today in iOS, reminding you to phone different. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for T-I-I.